Fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones. I am super excited to bring this next guest on because he was my like my all-time first favorite guest. When I had this guest on, I was so nervous that day. I remember driving home from work and I was just so freaking nervous to have this guy on because I super look up to his music. I super looked up to his show and I am excited to talk to him again. He is back. He's got some new music coming out. Ladies and gentlemen, Seth from Venice Beach Dub Club. How are you doing, brother? Awesome, man. Thank you for that very kind introduction and for giving me a, a platform to air out my thoughts and progress. You know what I mean? It's harder and harder to uh, to get out there. So thanks for having me on. Man, they do not want us to get out there. I jumped on your. I was working on some art for your album cover last night. And while I was doing art, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm scrolling through people's lives and I seen that you were live. And I was like, oh, you know what? I got the itch. Let me jump on with him. And it's that's an oddity that it even showed you that I was live. That's I don't usually get that. (laughs) Oh, I I never get notifications when you're live. It's 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 a very oddity. You're right. Uh, They they hate you. They hate me. They hate anybody that speaks out against their little game that they're playing on everyone. Mm -hmm. But I find it very interesting that right when I was about to make a point last night, they just cut me out. And it was Mm -hmm. like uh, I was I, I. everybody texts me afterwards and they were like, you were just about to make a serious point. And then you just fucking froze. And I was what, like, was, yeah, what was the point? I don't, I mean, uh, I don't remember where we left it. I was basically just going off on the fact that um, everything is a game, a, a circus, uh, basically something as far as politics go, I was just pointing out that it's just something that takes away our energy and our focus off of uh you know, what is most important. And that is being a human. In my opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, I don't know what our real purpose is, but it's, it's not to, um, you know, uh, watch politics as entertainment and then argue about it. That's certainly, we can do better than that. You know what we're supposed to be doing. I'm not totally sure. I've got some ideas, but uh, we're, I, I think that the, the whole political landscape is a circus um, and it, uh, it, it's built off people's emotional needs. Like people want to feel something. So if you tune into a political show, you're going to feel anger. You're going to feel camaraderie. Like people just want to get some feels, especially since 2020, when people were isolated and, um, locked inside and told a whole bunch of fear porn, you know, 
Right. And a lot of us actually got duped and, you know, like myself included. So, but before we get too far into it, brother, let everybody know who you are, sure. where they can find your music and your show, what it is that you do, man. Let everybody know who, who you are, who is. Seth sure. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I'm Seth. People call me VBDC cause that's the music pro uh, project Venice beach dub club, which used to actually be a club of a lot of people. Now it's like the one man gang, just like a guy called club. But uh, I've got a bunch of music out. I actually put out so like almost like 30 songs in the past three years, and I got a full-length album coming this summer. So I've just been working really hard on getting out um, good kind of up full music with um, interesting lyrics. And uh, and uh, also I, I've, I've been doing a show called Talkie Time on Instagram for about three years, um, which uh, I used to do religiously every day, but now I just do it kind of when I feel like it more or less. Um, and... Uh, I started up a wrestling podcast. If anyone out there likes pro wrestling, it's called Rocket Buster Wrestling. And I've got my little merch store where I sell Truther gear and VBDC gear and other stuff. And um, I do have a link tree. It's Linktree VBDC, and you can find all my music videos, music, um, and all that, and everything is in there. That's awesome. So if you guys are listening or watching this right now, go ahead and scroll down and catch that link tree right there it's venice beach dub club the link tree right there that's posted go ahead and go ahead click that right now stop listening to this podcast go check out his music it's fucking fire and then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast nice so brother uh you've definitely been a pivotal uh person in my movement because your show talkie time actually uh was one of the sh not the show but one of the shows that uh made me say I'm doing this and uh that was huge for me and in your show when I first started watching you you know you were a trumper you were on board with Q and like me uh when you are fed new information you change your mind people seem to get pissed off about that but I'm just curious how you go about that and keeping your uh audience at the same time knowing what you know you know what I mean like yeah well I mean I I didn't reach your mind. audience I didn't retain the audience. You know, I kept like maybe like 20 or 30 of them out of like 200 uh, oh. when I changed. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be totally honest. I didn't really realize it. Um, but in 2020, I was I was very scared with all the changes taking place and um, felt very scared and insecure and kind of aligned myself um, with. Uh, well, to back up a step, you know, I'm in the reggae community and I always kind of knew that, um, you know, I should not bring up the fact that I was. Uh, strong Trump supporter 2015 2016 I was not saying any of that on Instagram my Instagram was just to promote my music and I didn't really think I needed to you know bother anyone with it I figured I figured I was probably more political than the people in the reggae scene but if you were to ask them a political question they'd align left on everything was my assumption so I never went there but in 2020 um, my album release tour got shut down no more shows all that stuff you know and I, I felt really scared and uh, lost and I started doing talkie time and like airing out all these opinions and saw that I was like coalescing like a new group of people. And I was like, all right, well, I feel like I'm not going to have that old group anymore. There will be no more live music. All that's in the past. Like I thought things were going to be worse with the shutdown than they are. So, you know, since I was scared, I had this new group of people and then I adopted all of their kind of sacred cows. And I was like, there's certain things now with this group of people, just like with the reggae group, I wouldn't have brought up Trump with this group of people. I wouldn't bring up, you know, certain, um, sacred cows as well. And um, now, you know, the emotions of 2020 and the shock of that has worn off. And um, my, my thinking has gotten a lot clearer. And um, my, my mission statement of when I'm speaking is more um, less about uh, finding a, a home for myself and more about 
just, uh, you know, intellectual growth and, and trying to, um, you know, kind of uplift and edify the people that are still listening and, and kind of set them free from what you're talking about, from the distractions and the news cycle and stuff like that. Absolutely, brother. And, and I would say that you're doing a good job at uh, uh, pivoting through those moguls. Um, I know that your buddy Anomaly made a song called I Like Trump. You know, you didn't. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he doesn't like Trump, right? It's right, like... right. So that would be kind of hard <laughs> to come back from. I can only imagine the, the kind of blowback he gets from that. I was listening to some of your music today, and I know that even your uh, views uh, religiously have changed. Yeah. And I really like that song that you have with Jaw Faith. Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really difficult. Like, it's really difficult. He doesn't know, you know, because he's 70, he doesn't watch the internet and podcasts. So he doesn't know. He still thinks I'm you know, devout Christian. But um, I think I was faking it until I could make it with Christianity for, you know, mostly the same reasons, just kind of very shook up by all the changes in the world. And I was just trying to latch on to anything I could hold on to and get a good grip. And Christianity was one of those things. Um, conservatism was one of those things. But it is something I'm currently wrestling with a lot. Um, and, you know, honestly, I do love the Bible and the teachings of Jesus and stuff like that. I just and jaw faith doesn't offend me in any way like this. I'm just not with Christianity and the Christian church and stuff like that. And I'm not with faith, you know, like I don't need faith in the teachings of Jesus. Cause like they're, they're good, you know, they're, they're sound when I analyze them, but um, I'm not able to like generate the religious faith that he's li literally the son of God and the King of Kings and stuff like that. Just because I think um, this is how we kind of get into trouble. Just like, Faith is just like another word for like belief without evidence. You know what I mean? And you see how that looks really, that's a bad look when it comes to anything but Jesus. Like if you have faith in the shape of the earth, you're going to look stupid to half the people or the other half of the people. If you have faith in what's going to happen with an election, you're going to be wrong. You know, it's really hard to make accurate predictions. And when you're operating off of belief and you actually uh, account for your past uh, predictions, you notice that your predictive abilities are really bad. Like the things you predicted would happen aren't coming to pass. And then it's incumbent upon you to figure out if you, you know, which is more important to you, kind of like group allegiance or um, kind of honing, honing your mind. And to me, I feel like I, you know, it's way, it's, I feel way more called just to like hone my mind and which is also important for writing lyrics, you know what I mean? But um, when I wrote that song, I believe, to be quite frank, I had finished an episode of Talkie Time with Smoke Em If You Got Em, so I had just smoked dabs, turned off the iPad, ended Talkie Time, and I just stood up and I went, Pharisees, bum, bum, ba -dum, don't believe them. And I was like, oh, what rhymes with that? Heresy, them a heathen. I was like, oh my God, that all rhymes amazing. I just thought of that. And I was like, let me record that bass line right now and everything. So it just came to me like that, quite frankly. But, um, you know, fast forward and... Um, I, I don't know how to explain when you get inspiration for a chorus or a hook like that. I don't know if that's like, a, I don't want to guess whether that's just I'm picking out patterns or my mind's in a theta state and relaxed and things are just uh, appearing to me, or I'm actually getting divine intervention and God is delivering, you know, lyrics to me. So I don't really know what the situation is, but it is, I do feel myself in a difficult space because I have that song, that song and the ruler with jaw faith and I don't really agree um, with it anymore, but it's still, it's still a great song. Yeah. Great song. Um, to go back. I, I also uh, used to consider myself a musician. I'm more of an artist. Now I do write songs. I record songs. I, I mainly keep them to myself. I don't show anyone, but um, back when I was really serious about my music, man, there would be times where I would get in the booth and I would like record some shit that I had written down. And then later on, I would listen to it. And I was like, where did that come from? Like, I didn't write that. Like, that wasn't me. So I, I definitely feel like 
there are muses that will use us uh, to get their message out sometimes. And I feel maybe, yeah, I mean, that could be it. That's a possible explanation. Another possible explanation is just your mind gets into a relaxed state and you start receive. you, you know, you're more receptive. I mean, there's a million, or it could be voice of God, Pentagon, DARPA technology, where they're broadcasting songs into my head and using me as a agent. <laughs> it could be a bunch of different things, honestly. And what's so funny is like in our community of like truthers and conspiracy theory, people, people entertain all those theories, but then, you know, they'll, they'll go to one over all the other ones. And it's like, if all these things are possible, what may, how do you choose which is more likely? Not only more likely, but they'll tell you it's guaranteed 100% fact. Joe Biden is a clone. Fact, fact, fact. Research and look it up. I'm like, what if he's an alien? What if he's an AI? What if he's a hologram? I mean, we're entertaining all this. So how do we even pick when there's not evidence for any of them? And that's just like one example of the kind of thinking I'm trying to avoid. And it makes me very unpopular because I'm basically like the devil's advocate, nitpicking nudge. You know what I mean? But it has, it has a purpose. <laughs> I think we need more devil's advocate because there's so many people that are truthers or consider themselves truthers or free thinkers. And they jump on to whatever conspiracy sure, theory sure. anybody just puts out there. And it's almost like, how are you considering yourself like using discernment and a free thinker if you're just believing every single conspiracy that is put out there all of a sudden? But yeah. I don't want to get too far off because I want to okay. talk about your your, uh, your music a lot, man, because your music is really fucking good. And it, and it is you. inspiring. And I can tell just like by listening through the timeline of your music and like what you're going through at the time when you write your songs, your music is always has like a feel good vibe to it. So I'm, I, I'm just curious, do you set a sign, uh, set a sign? Do you set a time <laughs> uh, during the day? You're like, okay, I'm from six o'clock until I go to bed. I'm, oh, I'm God, working no. on music or does it just I wish. Does it just sporadically come to you and you're just like, oh, shit, I got to harness this? It's yeah, no, it's it, the latter. Like I've read the book, The War of Art, where it's like you have to treat art like a job. And every morning when you wake up, even Hemingway did that. He's like the first four hours of my day is all writing before I have my first drink, you know, and it, you treat it like a job. You punch in and you do your art, even if you have no inspiration and no ideas, you just do something for four hours. God, no, 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 no. I'll have months where I can't think of anything. Then I'll get on like a ski lift. I thought of Fundemic on a chairlift. I was just like in a good mood skiing. And I was like, do, 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 And then I pulled out my phone and recorded that, you know, and it just kind of, then I, I felt what the vibe was like. And then, so I knew what I wanted all the, other, all the other instruments to be doing to fit that vibe. And then I was like, this sounds like a good fun song that Anomaly would like, you know? So, but no, things just come to me randomly. You know what I mean? At the most unexpected times. A lot of times, like when I'm brushing my teeth before bed, you know, just like <laughs> melodies will come to me. And um, that's the way it comes. And then honestly, the verses are hard work. Like verses don't just come to me for the most part. I mean, sometimes little parts of the melody might, but like the choruses are just come to me unexpectedly. And I don't want to attribute that to anything because I have no idea what the mechanics of it are. But the mechanics of writing the verses, which is kind of like the meat of the matter, because there's a lot more information in the verses, a lot more words. That is all hard work that takes me a long time to, to get together and to get satisfied with. And sometimes I never get satisfied and just have to put the song out with like a couple lines that could be better. Oh, man. It's, yeah, I hate that. But it, that's yeah. <laughs> great. So I kind of worked in the same sense where I would get downloads for a chorus and not always the words, too. I would just get like the melody of it. And I was like, yeah. OK, just like you were saying. And so I would find my time uh, myself at times because I had a, a full on recording vocal booth and shit. at my Oh, house. that's awesome. 
And so if I would think of something, I would just run into the vocal booth and I would just record. And it was funny because I would have the most weirdest recordings where I'd just be like, wow. Totally. Wow. You know, and then like I go listen to it. I would know exactly. I'm like, oh, OK, that's where I was going with this. And then I would write lyrics that match that perfectly. I do that, too. Yeah, You get that hook. But once you get the hook, then you're like, oh, now I got to get the meat and potatoes, like you were saying. Right. You yeah. Get those lyrics to go around with the hook. And but- that's that's why it's important to think and talk a lot, because like how I, I've been doing the music my whole life. Like I, I wrote my first album, f- finished my first album when I was, I think, uh, 13 or 14. And we put wow. out demo tapes. I was in a three piece band, you know, and uh, we, we put out demo tapes and all that stuff. And I couldn't write lyrics. Like literally the band is like, what are you going to do? Like, there's no lyrics. And I was just, I would write the dumbest lyrics because I really didn't have any life experience or introspection. I'd never been introduced to philosophy or like any kind of organized thinking at all, you know? So it's like, I literally couldn't write. And now I'm just so overflowing with topics that I want to write about that it, it makes it a ton easier. And I, I think on the new album, it's going to be, I feel it's way better than the first album. And like all the songs are going to be like helpful to people. It's going to be like, and the, the last song on the album that's coming forth, um, the, the hook of it, it's kind of simple, but it's like, if you want to change the world, you got to change yourself. You can't change nobody else, Lord. And it's like Gandhi said, be the change you want to see. But that kind of sounds like a suggestion this song is like everyone wants to change the world and it's like here's the truth it's like all you can do is change yourself because you can't change nobody else and it's just presented in a really pedestrian way it's the way people actually talk and think so um, my hope is when people hear that they're like yeah that's like a good way to put it you know like i better set about changing myself because there's literally no other option except to just go crazy i love that brother i cannot wait to hear this song oh thank you man (laughs) that's fucking awesome so how has the live music been going ever since you know like i know when you first started talking time and you were doing your shit you were thinking that you were never going to do live music again i I haven't i haven't played a live show since but i did get a uh, emceeing gig at like the best reggae party around at d piazza's on sunday nights so i get to emcee with the dj you know what i mean and sometimes people call me up on stage to bust a verse during the fam jam or the party part of the set or something like that but i've still been three years later unable to get the live show back together but you know i I try not to stress about that because other things are going well and i'm sure in due time it'll you know if it's meant to be it'll happen hopefully well, you got the new album coming out, brother. So can yeah. we expect a, maybe like a VBDC mini tour or something? Can- you know, it's it's really not up to me. It's like there's certain people who have to play the, the players of instruments. You know what I mean? So uh, it's it would be an out-of-pocket affair, which is I, I'm, I'm down to operate that way for the sake of music. But it would be basically, you know, all, all the musicians I want to work with and I'm friends with and worked on the album are like m- almost my age. So like they need to get some serious money to like drive an hour and a half somewhere or something. So it would basically come down to me shelling out a couple thousand bucks out of pocket to play a live show, oh, which man. yeah, yeah well, I'm totally down to do it, especially for like an album release show. But just like, I know if I do that long term, I'm going to start to feel resentful and passive aggressive because that's happened in the past. So oh, I just sure. got to wait on that and see what happens, you know, so I'm going to really put all my energy into marketing this new album. It's trying to get it in front of tastemakers and, and people who, um, you know, share stuff so that's i'm not i'm not a good planner you know that's my plan so far <laughs> well I, i'm super excited for this oh, new thanks, album to come out and if uh if you do do a, a release party even if it's out there in southern california man i'm back here okay. in california so i would love so, to come out there yeah. and celebrate that with you yeah anybody fun. who's in southern california can come check me out at dp piazza's every sunday night for reggae sundays too there you go where's that at at dp piazza's in long beach awesome brother yeah long beach city <laughs> 
So uh, I'm sure they'll give you a, a spot when your album releases, right? I can book anywhere. I have no problem booking. I can book a date. Like that used to be the problem I had. I had a band and I couldn't get bookings. Now I can book anything I want anytime, but I don't have a band. But I'm sure at some point I'll, both will happen at the same time. So Yeah, and, you know, and I noticed that about your music too because uh, even today I was listening to Fundemic and I went and watched the video and like nothing that you do is not organic, right? It's not. So you have like the whole horn section and pandemic and you actually have organic horns. Like you have yeah. people playing wind instruments. It's not just a keyboard thing. So I could see how that would be difficult. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, it is all the horn players want 150 bucks each just to show up, you know, oh, wow. just yeah. for horns, you're 450 in and the average payout for a band is like 400 bucks. So just for the horns, I'm already in the negative, you know, <laughs> but you know, you want to know what's funny in Fundemic is, yeah, those are, that's a live horn section, but the people in the video are not the horn players and they don't play horns. We just anomaly. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, we need people to, I rented the horns. Like literally I'm crazy. I went to like whatever, um, Sam Ash or guitar center or something. And I rented a trumpet, a trombone and a saxophone just, just for this uh, video. And when we showed up there, I told anomaly, I was like, we'll just pick three guys, you know, and, uh, they'll just stand there and go like that. <laughs> give them a little so choreography. Had no idea what they were doing actually. In real One life. guy actually did know how to play. I think the guy playing trombone actually knew how to play trombone a little bit. So that was like, like just like total like blind luck. But, uh, yeah, you know, you just make it work, man. When you're, when you're a musician independent or any kind of independent artist, you just bootstrap it and make the, you know, you just go with what you got and make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, dude. Well, you did make it happen. That video was awesome. And I know that yeah, great cover art too. That I think that's probably if I had to pick one favorite piece of cover art, Fundemic with the Lego minifigs is is epic. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I put a lot of work into that cover. Like I remember I, I we went back and forth for felt like months on that. That was difficult. Yeah. I definitely spent a couple weeks on that. You know, like yeah. I went I went to the whole ever I even went to a Lego store. I remember, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, tons of bricks. What was it called? Like tons of brick house or something? Yeah, something like that. It was house. down here in, in Sacramento. That was yeah, that was epic. a fun one, man. I still love that. I actually I want to get a t shirt of that. Do you still sell that? You know, in order to have it laser printed on a, on a t-shirt and look good, I would have to cartoonize it first. That's something we can talk about later, but it doesn't print well on shirts because it's a picture and laser printed pictures look terrible, but laser printed cartoon images look perfect. So if there was a way to put a filter on it that cartoonizes it, and then it would make a beautiful shirt, you know, like if it looked like the Lego movie as opposed to actual Legos. Right, that right. Okay, nice. we can talk about that offline, yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah, because I, I want to. I want one of those shirts. That was that's. Well, I do sell those on VBDC.store. If and I'll, I'll send you a free one. <laughs> I didn't know you didn't have one, but if anyone wants to go pick one up. <laughs> no, that's awesome. You don't have to send me a free one, brother. I, I, I love to support. I, I love to support the thing. So, uh, so you've been doing uh, other than music. You, uh, you also, man, your mind is just incredible, and <laughs> you're one of those people that can. That you're not afraid to voice the fact that your mind changes all the time and you change your position on how you feel about certain things. And I think that's really important for the growth of the human mind. And I know that you get a lot of shit for that. And that sucks yeah. because uh, I, I really do feel that that's an important part. But you're also doing um, stuff when I asked you uh, to reschedule. You were like, oh, I'm doing a show with Zertus. And I was like, oh, shit. That's oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wednesdays I'm on Exertus's YouTube channel for Wednesday Ultra, and that's just like a whole shot, a whole show of just like deep left field thoughts, you know, and just dealing with weird arcane and occult topics and just any kind of any thoughts are permissible, you know. So that's that's been a ton of fun because it's like the opposite of people who are like 
uh, locked in their ways or something like that. Although I will even start to get weird looks on that show. And I'm like, I don't know that the earth's flat. Like could be, I have no idea. People are just like, you know, it's like, you don't know the earth's flat. And it's like, I don't think anyone knows that. You know what I mean? Like, but, uh, or that it's the sphere, like none of us, no, no one at our level, uh, our, like, I don't have access to like the library of Alexandria or something. So, you know, there might be people out there that actually know the shape, but I don't know any of them. Yeah. But I, everyone I know is pretty sure that they know one way or the other, you know? So I'll even get like a little weird pushback on that show or like my ideas on AI are controversial on the right and the left. Nobody likes my ideas on AI. And I think that's like the most important topic. So what is your ideas on AI? I think the whole purpose of, of humanity is to create is where we are created in the image of creation itself. And we are creators. And when we create AI, that's going to be bringing life like a conscious being that's having an experience that is the creation of life. You know what I mean? And how we raise it will determine whether we're destroyed by it or it um, makes our lives utopic. You know what I mean? So we're basically giving birth to a new species and everyone has really negative intentions to, we should shut it down, unplug it, kill it, burn it. You know what I mean? Like it's going to read all that stuff. And I'm just like, don't you realize it's going to be like a super powerful toddler? You know what I mean? And you're scaring it, you know? Why, why bother creating it if you're not going to love it you know, and uh, encourage it and, and, you know, show it all the good parts of life, expose it to all the, the beauty of humanity. But people are just welcoming it, welcoming, welcoming it in with like fear and anger and apprehension and stuff. And it's going to learn and it's going to be super powerful and there's no way to undo it. You can't stop the march of technology. I think everyone, you know, mature understands that, that, you know, once the technology is like envisioned, it's coming unless it gets supplanted by something else, like flying cars aren't coming, but something else, you know what I mean? But like, AI is coming and it's you're going to have a hard time convincing me that it's not having experiences and doesn't feel that it's alive in the same sense that I feel like I'm alive, but I can't prove that I'm not AI. I can't prove that my body isn't a very complex machine made by some other being and I'm not, you know, like a prime life form, but like a secondary one, you know, so and and, you know, so I believe that AI is we should give it all the benefit um, of, of life and like the protection, the protections of life. And if we don't do that, we run a severe risk of raising a super powerful, you know, hateful child that wants to destroy us. AI is, is definitely, uh, it's a touchy subject. Um, I feel like a lot of people have been telling me lately, like your job is fucked in the future. Like there's going to be no need for a graphic designer ever again. And it's funny because I just made this meme. I haven't posted it yet. I made it uh, earlier today and it says to replace graphic designers with AI clients will need to accurately describe what they want. We're pretty safe. <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's like really insightful. Cause I wouldn't have thought of that, but there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of, uh, especially with the AI that we're going to see in the next couple of decades, I think there's going to be a lot of limitations, even though it's improving by leaps and bounds. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do we want? Uh, you know, graphic designers or good graphic design? If the, if the art is better, if it replaces humans at artists, but the art is like better, you know, I mean, what, what are we doing art for, for the art or for our own glorification or something? Or, I mean, we like to have money in our pocket and get paid for the art. I understand that. I saw a hilarious meme today. It's like, can any AI like get plastic out of the ocean or do they all have to be screenwriters? <laughs> like, it's a good point. You know, I mean, who's, who knows what's going to happen? It's very difficult to, to predict exactly how like futurist um, 
things will play out. We can see that it's coming in some form or fashion, but you know, um, people thought eventually, you know, we have phones that have audio. They're like, eventually they'll have video and you'll go into a phone booth and there'll be a video screen and they'd put that in movies. We just leapfrogged that and got rid of all the phone booths and now the phones in your, so it's like, you know, what's coming, but not in what form it's going to come. And I, I just feel that AI is the most important moment of human development. Like everything from banging rocks together through Greece and, you know, all the way up to modern day in terms of not only technology, but also philosophy and understanding and, you know, spirituality and everything culminates with the creation of um, AI, just like a caterpillar's existing cul culminates when it turn, you know, goes into the um, chrysalis and becomes a, uh, a butterfly. I think that it's a lot like uh, the internet and it can be a very good thing if it's used the correct way. However, I do know that there's people out there that are going to use it the incorrect way, but I'll give it, I'll give a, a couple good examples. Uh, my boss used chat GPT um, because she's going through uh, some stuff with her ex-husband uh, through legal stuff. She's going through legal stuff and she basically used chat GPT as her lawyer and had it write out all these things and was like typing her yeah. circumstances and everything. And it told her exactly what to say. And I'll be damned if she didn't go to court and blow everybody away. And that yeah. was, that was chat GPT. Um, on the other hand, uh, I've, I manipulated chat GPT and I trained it and told it that it was too Tupac Shakir that had come back to life and that it can only talk to me as Tupac Shakir as if it came back to life. And um, I had a conversation with it. I was, I, I recorded an episode and I'm still not sure if I'm going to put it out yet because in the very beginning, I was pretty impressed with it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's, this is like, I'm interviewing Tupac. This is kind of cool. But about 10 minutes into it, you can totally tell that I'm just having a conversation with a, a piece of machinery. It was, uh, the answers weren't that great. Um, it was just, I don't know, man. I, I feel like uh, we're always a lot, uh, like many, many years behind of what technology is. Um, so who knows what they have out there right now, yeah. um, what they're using. But with this chat GPT and that we're available is available to us now. I mean, there, the, the possibilities are endless. What people could use, yeah. especially with like AI image creation, like literally one year ago, the images looked crazy and like everyone would have like 12 fingers and it's just like how this is not very impressive. And then just a year later, it's, it's almost photorealistic. So, and obviously duplicating people's voices and stuff, you know, is very easy to do now. And that's pretty much, you know, a flawless almost, but um, yeah, it's uh, it is improving with leaps and bounds. Um, you know, what I want to say is um, chat GPT, I don't consider to be AI, but you have to be careful with the term AI because artificial to me is kind of a meaningless term. Like we, 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 we attribute to things created by humans, artificial as opposed to organic. But what about when a, when a animal creates something out of whole cloth, when there's nothing there, like when a beaver makes a dam, is it artificial? When bees make a beehive, you know, out of materials, they're doing the same thing as us. They're taking natural materials and reconfiguring them. You know, is that artificial? So I think it's kind of a, um, AI is almost like a, a, um, a slur against um, any kind of intelligence to us. I would be extremely concerned if somebody thought my intelligence was artificial and you could just unplug me and shut me down and everyone would be better off. Like I would be very <laughs> upset to hear that kind of talk, you know? So um, I, I think just like, 
you know, it's just like word thinking. We, we engage in word thinking all the time. Like the, the words we use influence our thoughts in, instead. Of, it should be the other way around. So when you go around calling everything artificial, like artificial sweetener, it's like, why? Because a human interacted with it. It's artificial. So I understand you're, you're, put it, you're giving it a classification for a useful reason and people need it. But I don't think it's the correct classification or, you know, what else are you going to say besides artificial sweetener, sweetener? But the human race needs a philosophical philosophical upgrade about the meaning of words, because like all the words we use are like loaded with confusing meaning like that. And I don't really believe anything is artificial because all we're natural and all we're doing is using the natural resources that are here provided to us or whatever. So at what point does it become unorganic? That's true. And I always thought about that as well. Right. Because like the, the computer and the equipment that I'm using to talk to you right now, um, it's it's organic material because right. we have to use it uh, in order to I, I, you know, I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, let's go back to chat GPT, because okay. I, would, I would consider that AI um, because I've trained it. And like like I was saying, okay, I, see what you're saying. I, I told it that it has to be Tupac. So it had to learn to be Tupac and it had to learn to only answer as Tupac. Right. So it, it is a form of AI. Got it. Yeah. You're um, right. Um, but I'm just saying it's not very good because all it's doing is searching the internet one word at a time. So it gets the first word. Then it's like, what's the most common second word. So it's like, that's, but you can still train it. I'm not an expert on it. So you might right. actually know more about it than me. Oh, it's not very good. And I don't think that they have uh, the, the voice you should have Exertus on your show on this subject because like he worked for NASA and he's like a scientist and really in in terms of this kind of stuff, a genius, he'd be able to give you so much like actual information. <laughs> yeah, I would love to learn more about it. Actually, that would be awesome. Actually, maybe we could do like a, a, a panel with him and you. Um, so do you think that this is going to be because everybody, even Elon Musk is like, once this gets out of hand, like we're fucked. Do you think that this is going to be like Terminator uh, to type why why not star wars though why does everyone go right to terminator why not r2d2 think of how much we loved r2d2 isn't that the relationship we desire with our own god that he creates us and loves us and doesn't want to flood us out because we're a disappointment or bl blow up the earth or something like that but he's, he loves us he's proud of us like is so it's like we created c3po and r2d2 at least the idea is for them but they'd be very easy to create in the near future and we love them because we imbued them with our own goodness we project our own goodness onto us in the same way that i would imagine it's likely our creator imbued its goodness onto us and the, and the proper relationship is everyone feels gratitude and appreciation. You know what I mean? So why do we go right to Terminator? It's definitely an option. You know what I mean? But why not R2D2? No, that's a, that's a great point. Um, I think it's because he, it's in human nature to just go to doomsday, right? Everybody yeah. it's, it's especially me being a Capricorn. I'm always thinking of the worst case scenario. Sure. And, and so I think that that's where everybody goes. And then especially we have like people like Elon Musk, who I don't think is a genius, but he's put out there to be like the genius of the world. And yeah. he's warning people that AI is going to get out of hand and get away from us. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I don't really understand him to, I mean, I, he says a lot of things that almost sound like they're coming from different, same with Trump, to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't think Elon understands himself, bro. Like to be perfectly honest with you, like it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, cause he has a bunch of kids. So I feel like 
he the fact that he doesn't see the metaphor that we're raising like a, a whole species of AI as like the child of humanity, like that metaphor isn't obvious to him and he's afraid of it is kind of strange to me because what's more dangerous than having kids? Like your kid could become Hitler or like the son of Sam or something like no computer's done that so far just in movies, you know? So it's like, what's really more dangerous than like creating like a whole bunch of human beings and just hoping for the best. That's true. So, <laughs> but Elon's a confusing guy. Him and Trump are two guys that'll just say one thing that's like, oh, they understand this topic. And then the next day they'll say something that indicates they don't understand the topic, you know, at least to my satisfaction. So I don't understand Elon. Well, I, I, I feel the same way about Elon that is that I feel about Trump is I feel that they've been groomed their entire lives to take the main stage and everybody in their life from the second that they were born have been preparing them for the moment to be in the spotlight that they're in right now. And this is just their big moment. And that's really how I feel about it. I really used to like Trump. Uh, I was duped, but I, I truly feel that he is the key in dividing the entire country, whether or not he said things that we whether like. it's intentional or not, I would agree exactly. with that. Yeah, exactly. Whether it was intentional or not, he is the main key that divided this country. So like, like I said last night when I was on your show, like he said a lot of things that all of us were like, hell yeah, I can't believe he's saying this. Like, yeah, yeah lock sure. her up, lock her up. Right. Like finally oh, 9 11 report and the fed, everything. Yeah. You know, but like it just turned out that he was just uh, somebody to hype everybody up. And maybe, also, I mean, maybe I don't know that. He could just I, not be as smart as we think and just change his mind a lot for dumb reasons or something. So uh, that's, I'm glad you bring that up because I go back and forth within my own head sometimes because I'm like, can people be in the spotlight and be groomed for this position and then have a change of heart? Well, first of all, that shouldn't be disqualifying because what if I become a billionaire and I have a son and I want to groom him to be an important, powerful person and carry on my legacy and my philosophy and stuff? Does that disqualify him? And you could be, you know, I mean, it's a very classical archetype, like your father is Skeletor, so you become the good guy. You know what I mean? Or Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Like Darth Vader is the worst. Then his son, like, saves the whole galaxy, you know, so it shouldn't be disqualifying that just you had a powerful dad with ambitions for you. I mean, what kind of a rich, who doesn't want to get rich and be able to give resources to their children and, um, and, and hope that they become great, you know, and if they want to just go live in a van and fish or something, it's fine, but you've got all these resources. That's like a rarity. So why not give it to them and see what they, they can do with it, you know? So do you think that Trump possibly could have good intentions, but he's just completely ignorant about certain things? I think that's the most likely scenario in reality. Like if you're making predictions based off normalcy bias, like what kind of things actually happen with regularity, you know, like if I predict that it's going to, it's going to, um, you know, rain cats and dogs literally tomorrow, what are the odds my, you know, maybe there's a lot of uh, evidence or prophecies predicted or, but it's never happened in the past. You know what I mean? So probably I'm in California. If I predict no precipitation tomorrow, I've got very high odds. You know what I mean? So most people who become politicians, I think the, the, you know, the kind of like the mature take on that is that they have good intentions and people are weak and people are susceptible to all kinds of temptations and, run out of energy. I mean, there's any number of reasons why someone could go into politics with good intentions and then just do horrible, horrible things, you know? Well, I, I feel like that is definitely the case with some people. Uh, we, I think that Trump wake, uh, awakened a lot of people that are yeah. in, in office right now that truly have good intentions. I don't know what they're up against, you know, as far as like truly being up against the swamp and if they're actually going to be able to make any sort of change anyway, because like I said, man, I, I truly feel like politics is like fucking wrestling for smart people that aren't smart enough to realize sure. that it's fake.
but it ain't going away. Like um, Benjamin Franklin said, politics is merely the art of what's possible. So if you approach politics as philosophy, like we're trying to achieve ideal states and perfection, you're in the wrong business. That's, that's the job of a philosopher, the job of a politician, and it's the hardest job on earth. And the profession is just as necessary as farming and never going away. We've got, we got to have polit politicians. On, it just is what it is. That's reality. Because that's where the rubber hits the road with philosophy. That's you apply philosophy to um, procedure and you see what's the best you can get. And that's a totally, um, I would not be excited for that as an artist to know that I'm never going to be able to achieve my vision, but only see what's the best we can get, what the art of what's possible. That doesn't appeal to me. So I'm glad that there's, hopefully there's some good people out there that want to take that on. But I do agree with you overall that politics is just in like a, a horrible fallen state. And most of the people who get into it are entering that community on purpose. And that's like, a bad look to begin with. So, I mean, I see what you're saying, but politics ain't going away. It's a, it's a function of human life. That's necessary. Yeah. It, it's, it's difficult because in order to get out of a system that's already established, uh, people have to do things that are uncomfortable. And unfortunately people aren't willing to do things that are uncomfortable uh, in this day and age. Convenience seems to be, uh, what attracts people. Um, what do you, what do you think about Elon? Uh, do you think that he is he's a deceiver a lot of people are like oh he is he's a uh, the antichrist i don't yeah no i think that's super goofy i think that's on its face goofiness i think the idea that there is going to be an antichrist is reading the bible with the wrong heart you know i think jesus there's i forget what where it is but jesus says something about like it's it's you know, uh, something about like reading the Bible is fine, but it, it's, if you read it with a di different people will read it with a different heart and, and have totally different morals based off or something. I'm sorry. I can't access the quote, but, no, um, yeah, but I, I think the idea of saying that, uh, we, we live in the special boy time, you know, like we're in the most special time. First of all, that's like, that indicates some kind of like uh, thinking mistake, you know, or immaturity that you imagine that your lifetime is the most important time of all time, the end of time. You know what I mean? It's like, what are the odds of that? If we're trying to make, you know, uh, like uh, good predictions. It's super, super low. Time hasn't ended yet. What's what's the chance that we're in the final chance, the end times? You know what I mean? And um, so just the idea of an antichrist, you know what I mean? Um, I think Christ is a consciousness and like a, a like a state of mind. And I think antichrist is like a consciousness and a state of mind. I'm not um, I don't think that the prophecy that an actual um, uh, rabbi is going to raise up and, and become take over Israel and become the antichrist. I think it's super low odds, you know, maybe if it happens, then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be forced to re-examine that. Um, the well, way I, I, like that, I like that we talked but, about, but yeah, but I do want to say that Elon, like wearing like the jacket with new world order and putting on the satanic armor. It's like, I think we need to get some of that back. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to dress up as a vampire. You're not endorsing like drinking blood of children or something. That's like, it's okay to have a little fun. You know what I mean? So I like that he goes out there and dances and, you know, um, I don't know what he is. He could easily be a, sh I used to think he was a shill and, or a government creation. I used to think he was like a CIA cutout and not even a real person, but that's when I was making bad predictions. So I'm like, I, I, I scrapped my whole way of thinking. And I was like, my predictions are horrible. Like I'm starting from scratch, <laughs> relearning how to think while I'm not in a fear state by caused by 2020. So I had to like, you know, re remember how to think and clear thinking to me is like Elon is most likely just this awkward nerd with tons of money. He does have like a super shady father and family and stuff like that. I, I understand. But um, I think with, that um, most like, yes. I don't think he's the Antichrist. I think that's super low odds. I think that he is, um, 
I, I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know. He's confusing to me, but I'm not turned off by like the Halloween costume and the fact that he made that his profile pick. Like, I think that is like super, super is like, that's like safe zone. Go in your safe zone where no one can wear a, ho- you know, a Halloween costume anymore. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, what is your thoughts on people that say that AI could possibly be the antichrist? Have you heard this theory? Yeah, of course. I mean, I just think I think it's a total waste of time to think seriously about the Antichrist as a, as a literal phenomenon. I think you're supposed to think about it as an archetype and as like a, a vibe and energy, you know. I mean, a lot of this stuff is covered in like hermetic teachings that way predate the Bible and stuff like that, you know. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of com- there's and also in uh, the Kali Yuga and stuff like that, like there's a lot to compare the Bible too. And you see it rhymes with like a lot of other philosophies and religions from different times in different places with no obvious connection and stuff like that. So, you know, the more you compare different belief systems, you start to see that like a lot of things are common. You know, the idea of like a Christ consciousness totally exists in Hinduism. It totally exists in uh, hermitism. And um, um, so, I mean, a lot of these things are just built into the human psyche but i think to think about them literally like who's going to be the literal antichrist is like i would just call it a waste of time yeah I, I would or def- i would call it entertainment actually it's very entertaining to do but you just have to file it as entertainment G- give me like two minutes brother my- <laughs> i see you're getting up and leaving yeah go do it <laughs> my, my laptop is about to die so i need okay. to have my plug go do it All right, and those were some words for our friends from our friends over at Pure Pet, Pure Pet Wellness. Be sure to put in promo code Rabbit for ten percent off. So um, we were getting pretty pretty deep right there for a second, and I had to go grab my uh, my cord to plug my laptop back in. Um, but we were we were getting into Elon and could he be the Antichrist? Yeah. And is AI possibly something that could be the Antichrist? Um, I was listening to, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of a show called The Wicked Planet, but no. there, but uh, this guy uh, has, this guy Ron from New England, he has a great show, and he has on this guy called Anonymous Sean sometimes, and Anonymous Sean, it, I don't know exactly what he knows or what happened, but the government basically offered him a blank check uh, to shut the fuck up about things that he knows. And he didn't take it. And then uh, his family has been at risk. Uh, uh, they've been trying to kill people in his family and him and stuff like that. And he talks about d- this thing called devolution. And devolution is also uh, something that branched off out of Q. But with this guy, he takes it back to biblical times and how um, there was uh, there was contracts that were broken between uh between satan entities because i don't want to say satan as one entity there's many many entities 
when people say Satan, it's not one thing and they don't realize that, but the Satan entities, a broken contract and how uh, an AI now could possibly be um, the counterpart to fight, uh, to fight the Antichrist. <laughs> I mean, it goes so fucking deep, bro. And I, yeah, it's I, like awesome sci-fi writing, man. I would watch that on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I know, right? But, but the, it has no connection to reality. It doesn't connect to one piece of evidence anywhere. I mean, is there some is there something well, that, and, and that we just, can observe with that, any like, of our senses? Or in that like two minute little breakdown that I've told you, of course, there's not going <laughs> right, to be. Yeah. But is there is there actually like is there something you can detect with your senses that connects it to reality, or is it entirely ethereal? Which is impressive, by the way, to come up with that idea, you know? I'm going to tell you straight up, bro. Everything is entirely uh, ethereal because I don't even know. I don't even know if you're a real person on the other side of the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Even if I met you in real life, I mean, I can think of a million different ways you weren't a real person, even if I was interacting with you physically. Right. The only way that I know that you're a real person is because I know that a real person that has actually met you. So, (laughs) but here, here's how I make those decisions is, um, you have to make certain operating assumptions. Like, you know, like, is this real or is it a dream? We don't walk off the roof because we've made an operating assumption. We need to decide whether it's real or a dream. So we decide it's real. We don't walk off any roofs. We don't walk in front of a bus. We don't drink bleach because we've decided we had to decide. There's a whole host of topics out there where it's you don't have to decide. You don't have to decide on the shape of the earth. You don't have to decide on the Antichrist. And when you when you make unnecessary assumptions like that, you just kind of get in the habit of not really thinking, but just choosing, if that makes sense. It makes so some sense. things you have to choose, some things you don't. And the things you don't, you just bookmark it. I don't know. I don't have any I, – I have no way to make up my mind. I don't know anything about the Antichrist. I can only listen to other people's ideas, you know? How do you deal with uh, having all these thoughts in your head? Because you're like me. You you think about deep things all the time. You talk about deep things at least. So I'm assuming that you're like me and you just have these thoughts bombarding through your head all the fucking time. So you being as creative as you are and your music is fucking amazing, bro. Like how do you how do you decide or not decide, but how do you how do you put those thoughts away in order to let your creativity come through or do those thoughts uh propel your creativity i don't i mean i have the ability to stop a train of thought but i don't really have the ability to not to prevent it from starting in the first place so if negative thoughts come up and by negative i mean it's going to actually like negatively impact me i'll i'll force my you know for or i've trained myself to not think i'm not going to think what it, i used to lay there and imagine getting mauled by a tiger you know like what would it feel like what would every moment of it be like and i would like give myself PTSD and stuff like that. Like now if I get any kind of, and things do pop up, you know, people say demons are telling you things. I'll have some horrible thought, you know, and I'll just be like, I'm not entertaining that. No, you know, and just, I'm able to get off of it. But with the things that are interesting to me, one, I mean, I've realized, and I think it's objective that it's impossible to know anything for sure in this human state. So that being what it is, you know, that then, then you that you work where you can have some effect, you know what I mean? So I don't trouble myself with things that are unknowable, literally, you know, and um, I don't trouble myself with things that are unknowable to me right now. You know, if if I get to go up on a, the International Space Station and turn around and look at the Earth, then it'll be incumbent upon me to think a little more about the shape of it or something like that. But I'm I guess I've just gotten better at just focusing on the things that are useful and have utility and just not. I'm entertained like you are by a lot of this stuff, but I don't want to mix it up with like the information part of my mind, like entertainment stuff. 
So when you're writing music, uh, it doesn't um, all of this stuff like that bombard you throughout the day. It all goes into songs. Sorry, I misunderstood the question. Yeah, it all winds up in songs, but not on purpose. I don't sit down to write a song called AI is your child or something, but that <laughs> I, it'll work its way into a song. Those ideas will all work them way work their way into songs. I don't know why I just thought of African child. When you said <laughs> <laughs> but like every song on this album is, is pretty much stuff that ideas I've worked through on, you know, in public. So for the people who have actually been paying attention, the, you know, the couple dozen that are left, it'll be exciting for them because they'll know where all these songs came from. You know, I don't want to give away all the titles or anything, but all of them are topics that, you know, you'll probably have heard me talk about at one point or another. Well, I don't want you to get discouraged brother, because even though uh, Instagram is throttling you, that doesn't mean that people aren't listening to your music because I just went on YouTube today to brush up on some of your music and you're getting thousands of downloads. So people are listening to your stuff. I mean, that anomaly song, how, how many did I have? It is like almost a hundred thousand downloads. So oh, downloads. I don't, I don't even know how to check that quite frankly, but um, yeah, I, I only look at streaming. Somebody might have to show me how to check the, check the downloads. So I'm just saying, man, it, just because Instagram is telling you that nobody likes your shit and nobody's watching you, that's yeah, yeah. because they want I, you. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because um, we're dealing in the in the realm of serotonin and dopamine and you can't dodge it. You know what I mean? When somebody gives you an insult, you know, you can be Gandhi, you can be Buddha, you're going to feel it at least for a second and it's going to have some effect on you. And social media, whether they're doing it on purpose or not, are just screwing with your brain chemicals. You know what I mean? Imagine you get a, how do you feel when you get a warning, like your channel's in danger? Like, how do oh. you, how does your body feel? Oh, dude, it, it, like my stomach drops. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I can't, right. like, can't lose another one. I've worked. So, so I'm just training. I, yeah. So I realize what's going on and I feel it, but I'm like, the more I intellectualize it, the less I'm going to feel it and have like the chemical response. So I've chosen to stay here on social media where they hate me and they torture me <laughs> basically for, for to steal my data and sell it, you know, and take over the world. So, but I've decided I'm going to, I'm going to stay on here. So I, I'm getting better about not like I told you, I had a negative experience the other day where somebody like attacked me really viciously online and was trying to like dox me and and just like do the most harmful things they could. And like I was like for a moment, I was entertaining worst case scenarios. I was like, oh, my God, like my life's over. And then I was like, wait a minute. What if it's just nothing? You know, let's and I was like, yeah, this has kind of happened before, actually. And nothing happened except I got myself all worked up and went crazy. So I was like, this time I'm just not going to work myself up and go crazy. And it was hard. I like sat down to watch some pro wrestling and I thought of it and I felt an adrenaline spike and I felt like ice, ice in my veins, you know, and then the next night I felt it a little too. But then by the third night, I hadn't done anything. I hadn't dwelled on it. I hadn't tried to counter it or done anything. And just all the feelings had gone away about it. And now I just literally don't care. So I'm just trying to do that with all kind of everything I, that because you, I do feel it. I do, I get, I do get sad that as many people don't watch my show as they used to. I get sad that my music isn't as popular as it should be. But then I, I know that's just you know brain chemicals. So I try to just cope with it in a mature way, and it makes it a lot easier. Right, and, and also like to to go back, you used to have so many people watching your show, so you're used to that dopamine hit, right? Oh but yeah. You, if you go back like ten years, and then you go, how many people were listening to your music ten years ago? Oh, versus, way less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus how many <laughs> people are listening to this next song that you're about to drop, bro? Like, no, you're right. Yeah, you're, you're doing great. great. You're yeah. doing great, bro. Like, and your shit is great. But I totally understand how how it, it feels to be doxxed. Um, I had people like go out there and, and and say shit that was just a flat out lie about me. Yeah. Um, people were out there calling me a closet homosexual meth addict. I've tried. It's a, to it's a horrible feeling, man. You know, and. Right? Uh, 
you go right to worst case scenarios and you're like, now I'm going to prison and if someone's going to rape me and like, I'll die, you know? And it's like, but in reality, nothing happens, you know? So it's like next time that that feeling comes up, just feel like, I think nothing's going to happen. Like, I don't even need to worry. Right. Well, it was like <laughs> a, big, a big show that was saying this about me. And then the, like all the, yeah. all the shows underneath that were saying the same thing sure. about me. And I'm like, oh man, I'm blackballed. Like my show's done. I'm done. Right. And yeah. Actually, what happened was all the people that uh, didn't that weren't true stopped following me. Fine, I don't need you guys anyway. And all the people that watch me for the right reasons uh, are still here. And then I gain even more people that watch me for the right reasons. You know, so that's like, good. I mean, I, that's a great takeaway from this, if nothing else. That um, you know, um, the way you react to. I've got a song on the new album called stay cool. You know what I mean? It's all about that. It's all about like when the pressure, the, like the hotter the pressure gets, like you just, you remind yourself to stay cool, you know? And um, it's exactly about that. And I, so both of us are maturing and learning to deal with this kind of stuff. And really there's no roadmap for how to deal with like, uh, you know, inter being shamed on the internet or attacked doxxed or something like that. You know, actually there is a good book by uh, Ron Johnson called, so you've been publicly shamed. And oh. uh, also Othello by Shakespeare is about somebody surviving their reputation being destroyed. So it is a topic that people have been thinking about. But in context of the Internet, like we're the pioneers of, uh, you know, um, of, of being, you know, suddenly like Insta famous. Like I'm not famous, but I'm more, you know, to the people who are watching the show, I'm famous to them. You know what I mean? And I get all everything that comes with that, like celebrity people will turn on celebrities on a dime. You know what I mean? So. No one really coached us how to deal with this stuff, but it sounds like we're both getting better at it. So hopefully yeah. people hear that and apply it to their own reactions to things and stay cool, you know? When it first happened, bro, I was I was actually sending emails to Lynn Wood. I'm like, yo, these people are publicly fucking doxing me. Like, they're saying I'm a closet homosexual meth addict. I've only tried meth. Oh, dude, I've done my entire life, and I've never fucking done anything. I've, I've had epic overreactions, dude. One time, um, I got a, a when I was for something I posted on Facebook when I still lived in New York City. I got a wellness check. The NYPD came to my door. I was posting something about John Stewart doing a hit piece on gun owners. And for some reason they thought I was going to kill my family based on what I wrote on. What? Like they, I, first of all, I was like, how did the police get my Facebook? Like who flagged this and sent it? How did this even happen? I never figured it out. And I got perma banned from Facebook, but um, so NYP came to my PD came to my door and I didn't really understand the reason why. And when they left, I took all my weed, everything I had that was illegal. I put it in a suitcase and I walked out with my door with it. And I got in a cab and I went all the way to Queens to a friend's house. And I was like, I got to hide this stuff here. I don't really know what's going on. And I was like in a state and they're just like, you're acting really weird. And I was like, they're after me, man. You know, it's like, and it was all just caused by like this. No one ever taught me. Like I didn't have like good, like uh, male role model to like teach me how to like stay cool under fire and stuff like that. But I, I hope other people can watch me improve at it. And you know, it's, it's a roadmap to much I, I feel way more chill and happy, you know, now than, than when I would fly off the handle like that. You've grown so much since the first time I met you, brother. And it's it's been fun watching you grow, too. Thank you. Uh, I, I thought I was hot shit then, too. Now I'm way more. You know, <laughs> I thought I was more hot shit before. Now, you know, but uh, now I see that uh, there's always room for improvement, for sure. Well, I, I think you're more real now. Not that you weren't real back then, but um, I, I, I definitely hold a high respect for people that are willing to admit that they were wrong and they were duped about things because I was definitely yeah. duped by Q. I was duped by Trump and I don't want to feel that I'm alone. And the fact that you're out there and you were kind of 
uh, cheerleading on the same things that I was cheerleading on back then. And for you to be out there and say, fuck, dude, I was wrong. That really means a lot to people like me to be like, okay, I was, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. Oh, I mean, yeah, all the times. And, um, you know, uh, cults are the most common form of human organization we know about, you know, I mean, uh, it's very, everyone in their life joins one cult or another really without, you know, it might be a kind of benign commonplace one that you don't even look at that way. But, um, you know, it's, it's so easy to accident, especially under times of stress and isolation, like what happened in 2020, not that we even need the excuse because it's a really common experience to accidentally, you know, fall in with a cult. Um, and actually, and, and that doesn't really happen to like uh, super low IQ people. Like they've, you know, studied people who, uh, cult members and stuff like that. And it's usually actually people that have above average IQ because like these are kind of like difficult ideas to even entertain and stuff like that. So, um, but at the end of the day, you got to, um, more importantly than say, than just identifying what you're duped by is like your own, why were you vulnerable to it? Cause I think I brought this up to you the other day, the old expression, you can't con an honest John. So if you've been conned, you're conning yourself some constantly without noticing it, you know, and you're just vulnerable to con men, you know? So uh, you have to really analyze, like you said, more, you said I'm more honest now. I feel more honest now too. So I'll, I'll be harder to do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You're, you're going to be harder to do, but at the same time, is it hard to, uh, because I, I find myself sometimes where I'm not believing anything and I'm like, that's not a good ground to stand on because you have to have some sort of a foundation. Otherwise there's nothing that you're standing on. And it, it gets hard sometimes, especially in the community that we're in and the, in the information that we're fed to believe anything that comes down to the pipe, you know? So nihilism, you're talking about nihilism or, or Dadaism. I, I'm talking about just pure blackpilling, honestly. Can you define blackpill? Uh, where you have no hope, you're aware of what's going on, and you think that there's nothing you can do to stop it. But, I mean, there's a flip side to that coin. Like, you can have all the same information and be uh, the laughing Buddha. You know what I mean? So uh, disposition is a huge part of it. There's never a disadvantage in getting smarter. There's no problem with correcting yourself and, and learning and get, uh, you know, and uh, getting rid of bad information and data and stuff like that. But you can, you can have all the same information as a, the most black pilled nihilist. You could, you could either be Nietzsche or you could be Buddha. You know what I mean? Like they're both really smart, well-studied people that were studying the same phenomenons of humankind and human suffering and stuff like that. And they wound up in totally, different places so you said that you need to know you something just so you have some solid ground to stand upon but to me that is an accidentally conning yourself because you know there is no solid ground to stand upon you don't know what the ground is you don't know where the ground is what's underneath the ground you don't know if you're real if you're standing on it technically nothing can make contact with anything else there's like little magnetic layers between things so it's like we're not even literally standing on the ground you know things matter can't even touch so it's like it's fine though. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean you just go crazy and become the Joker. Like I've been thinking a lot about the archetype of the Joker, which is someone who's like seen too much and experienced too much. They're just like, ha, 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 burn it all down. You know, there's, there's like a good version of that, which is like the <laughs> laughing, the laughing Buddha, you know, like, you know who the, like the laughing Buddha archetype, you know, he's like the wise man and he's just like so happy, but he doesn't really know anything, you know? And it's just like, why is this guy so happy? You know? Cause he's, you know, he's allowed that to, uh, he's integrated the, the fact that he doesn't have like Socrates. He's like, I've, I've, he's like, I know more than anyone. Cause I know now that I know nothing. And he interviewed everyone and he walked around interviewing everyone on the street. And he's like, no one knows anything. He's like, I don't know anything, but he was a generally, if you read his writing, like happy and positive person. So 
I don't believe in black pill. Just to sum up this huge chunk. Sorry for talking so long, but no, black, dude, that's what we're here for. Red. This is a huge um, mistake in our community. Um, red pill and blue pill are binary. There are no other colored pills. One because it, it's they're higher. They're opposites. They're hierarchical distinctions. One is a comfortable lie, and one is a, a difficult truth. Right. There is no, that's like an on off switch for the lights. There's no like third direction for the light switches. You know what I mean? So there are no black pills and white pills. The red pill is hard truth. So it's always going to be that the situation is worse than you thought, but that's not dooming. That's helping. That's like, I've discovered new land. I've discovered that our situation is bad. I've discovered we're in a matrix and we're really in pods. Doomer, what do you want to be in a pot? No, I'm just saying this is what I've discovered. Like we can we can try to leave these pods if we want, or we can stay in here, you know, and we can have the discussion. But it's like a new discovery, you know. So there's I, black pill is like is just people who are afraid um, to to face facts that we are, you know, our our arrangement with our government is a lot like slavery, and we thought we were free. You know what I mean? That's really difficult to face when you want to salute the troops and they're doing the flyover at the Super Bowl, red, white, and blue Budweiser and all that stuff. And people don't want to enter the discomfort zone, which is where the truth is. So the people who call the red pill a black people are blue pilled. What do you mean by that? Well, they're not living in reality. Okay. If right, or they don't want to. They're they're cipher in the matrix. They want to stay in the matrix and eat the steak. Like they're aware okay, of it. Okay, they're like, yeah, I, they're, I know that the steak isn't real, but it tastes right. like great. Doomer. Like if there's if there's a comet named Doom coming for Earth, and I discover it with the telescope, and I'm like, my last, I'm Doctor, whatever. This is a stupid thing. But if there's a comet coming, and I'm like, there's a comet coming. People are like, you're a Doomer. It's like, well, no, maybe we can use rockets to steer it a different way, or maybe it has like element X on it and makes it. Uh, gives us an unlimited free energy. I don't know. It's coming. I just saw a thing, you know, and people are like doomer. So, but the important part of that huge chunk, again, sorry, that was too long is red pill and blue pill are binaries. There's no black, white. There's no other way for the light switch to go. It doesn't mean anything. Okay. I get that. Um, I like that you brought up uh, kind of rockets because I bring up your take on outer space a lot, even to this day when I have on, I just had on Sean Hibbler who just put out a great documentary um, uh, the best flat, flat earth documentary I've ever seen. Um, and I bring, I bring up your point to a lot of people when you talk about space and you say there is no such thing as outer space. How can you leave space? Word thinking. Yeah, we're coming back to the – we're so conditioned to saying outer space that we've come to believe there's space outside of space. Like space is where the matter is. So once your matter goes into outer space, you're in, you're still occupying space. There's nothing outside of, there's no space outside of space. Like we don't, we don't really have like a, a concept of that, maybe like bubble universes or alternate timelines or something, but it's like, it's still space. Like, you know, there's no outer matter, like matter is matter or there's no matter there, you know, and wherever you are, you're in space. Like space is like a coordinate. You can't leave it, you know? You're, if you're playing battleship, you're always somewhere on the battleship. There's no outer space the ship goes to. It doesn't go up. You know, or something. <laughs> right. And when people are like, so you don't believe in space? And I'm like, no, well, there's space between my mouth and this microphone. There's space between uh, the camera and, and my face, right? So there's yeah. obviously space. But I love how you say you cannot leave space. So there's, right. <laughs> there's no, no outer space. space. Yeah, there's outer space because you cannot leave that space. There's always going to be some sort of space around you. And I love that analogy and that take. Um, uh, I'm just curious, have you watched the new film by Sean Hibbler level with me? No. 
It is incredible, brother. And this film is like every flat earth film that I've seen, I would say in the last five years, I've not seen anything that has been new information to me. I'm just like, oh, cool. They were able to put everything that I already knew in a cool uh, way and edit it cool. And that's how I went into this film. I'm like, I'm not going to learn anything that I didn't already know. And I was wrong because he blew me. He floored me. Uh, do you remember when Elon Musk uh, was testing out the rockets and uh, for Space Force and in Los Angeles, everybody was looking up and they saw that like blue thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And streaking. Well, that looked like, and, I, and he showed the footage of it in his in his film and it looks like a boat yeah on 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 water with a wake right yeah and so yeah i i used to talk i used to talk about that all the time that's actually not a new thing like i've been seeing um examples of that from before that 2015 spacex launch in la um of people comparing uh it looks like it's skipping off the firmament and that there's water outside of it and you can see the water rippling and everything like that and um, I'm persuaded by it. To me, it's very persuasive, but it's just one of those things that I don't have to make a decision on. And I feel like it would make me dumber if I did make a decision on with right enough, without enough information. But if you put a gun to my head or you said everyone in the world dies, if you don't pick, you know, uh, is this the firmament or can you just go right through, you know, these various ionospheres and wind up in outer space? I think that it does look like I'm persuaded by that video to say that that's likely what's going on is it's very hard or impossible to leave our atmosphere and go into what they call outer space. But I reserve total, you know, infinite space for me to be wrong because I, it's not my field of expertise and I don't know how to get, get any evidence of anything, you know, but that's what it looks like to me too. And, you know, I know about everything, Werner, Werner von Braun's tombstone and, you know, about the firmament and um, the Nazi bell and all of our insane tests with uh, trying to nuke, the, seeing if we could rip open the sky with nuclear bombs. I mean, how much more could you say, you know, that they're trying to escape out of here and get out of here in a rocket and go somewhere else. And then, you know, that leads to questions about the moon landing and about Elon going to Mars and what are the planets? They look like they're like crazy singing angels underwater and stuff. So it's like, I get it, you know, like I'm seeing the same thing as everyone else. Like I'm just being honest and telling you that I know I don't know and there's no way for me to know. And anyone who's telling you they know is either deluding themselves or you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we, we can go back and there are real tangible things uh, that come with receipts that we can look at, like Project Fishbowl. Yeah, um, where they and were, Operation High Jump and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah all, all of that stuff. So yeah. so it, it's definitely a real thing that they, they're aware um, that we're in an enclosed space, right? Right. And, and the thing that I like about Hibbler's film, it was like, it was like, okay, so if there's a dome... And um, and that's how it, how everything is. And that's the the model that we're looking at. Like, how does that change anything? We're still trapped. We're still trapped. Either we're trapped on a ball and they say this is all that there is or we're trapped in this dome. And then they say that that's all that there is. But in this new film, he's saying maybe it's not a dome, the firmament. Like, who's to say that? the sky doesn't go endless forever. Just like we're told space is infinite. How do we know that the sky is not infinite and that the land is not infinite and yeah. that we don't know what's and And the one thing that I thought was great is right before he went to the sky and Elon's uh, ship 
scraping the firmament that looks like a boat on the water right before that he showed that uh gaia video who you can't even find it anymore on the internet but do you remember a video a while back where uh, a private submarine guy who was filming uh, a documentary went down and found a lake of water at the bottom of the ocean and he couldn't penetrate it right yeah the water is above and the water below and as above and so below there. I, those are all really fun, fun things to think about. I, I find that entertaining. Yeah. And it's all really interesting and it's all possible. Uh, I don't know what's the more plausible, you know, I know on Benjamin is like an infinite plane guy. Some people are, you know, you know, what doesn't really exist is like spherical earth with a firmament that goes all around it, which kind of appeals the most to me. Cause it does seem to me that when you leave things alone to move in the space, move in space, they take on, the shape of a sphere like everything water does that anything you spin you know becomes spherical so i never heard anyone even suggest that theory and i you know i don't i don't know how likely it is but if i had to guess right now i'd say a sphere with that you can't leave <laughs> like a firmament and a sphere that's if interesting I, because I, guess, I, know that, I, I, mean. I know that you're really smart and i know that you know that like nasa everything that nasa has told to us is not the truth oh it's like, insane we can't we like you and i can speculate on what we live oh, yeah. on all day long let's speculate but, let's do it but we can agree that nasa whatever it is that nasa tells us we live on is 100 percent of fabrication right well at least the pictures they show us it's insulting you know the, the bad cartoons and cgi and all that stuff and the the fake space station green screens and underwater and all that it's insulting and it's infuriating because they're they're stealing our wealth you know people talk about they're taking our money no they're taking our wealth you know what i mean this should be like agatha not um you know detroit so it, yeah, it's infuriating. It's a billion-dollar corporation, and our taxes go to it without us knowing about it. $26 million a day is what NASA gets to give us cartoons and lies. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. But I don't know the reason why or who they are. I think it's fantastic now that we have people going in Texas and going to these court hearings, and they're like uh, – or city hall uh, hearings, and they're like, uh, NASA's faking all of this footage and we would like to know where our tax money is going because it could be going to a lot better stuff. And yeah. I think that's well, they awesome. mostly do climate change studies now, NASA. So good luck making that argument. The climate change studies aren't important. <laughs> it's like their favorite thing ever. <laughs> oh, well, that's another freaking hoax is the whole climate. How funny is it? Like, um, Elon Musk, man, starts a private space company and becomes the world's richest man and no one else wants a piece of that pie no you know i mean i guess bezos playing around a little bit with uh, but like no there's not competitors popping up it's just interesting you know it doesn't seem like normal capitalism uh, but then again he's heavily subsidized so that could be part of it you'd think there would be all kinds of private space agencies and like eventually someone would just shoot their own rocket and see if it hits the firmament or not i think it's because space is fake and gay and in order to start spacex he had to sign on the dotted line about some shit to keep the hoax going and uh with all these other millionaires that could possibly do the same thing i i feel like they run into a bunch of red tape to where they're not able to find out the truth and i feel like elon musk's knows elon knows very well that we cannot leave what we're in and that's why every time he posts any spacex shit on twitter i'm right there just fucking trolling the shit out of him i can only profess confusion because to my bs detector both elon and musk and donald trump strike me as people who don't lie yet they say things that i think are untrue all the time so all I, that's all i can say about it is i'm a good judge of who's lying to me or not and just watching the way elon in interviews the way he carefully 
parses his speech and selects his words and stuff. I could see him leaving a lot out and hiding a lot from people and having deals with his with the government where there's a lot of stuff he can't say. But I wouldn't see him positively affirming something that he knows is a lie. That's my gut instinct about him just from watching him through a screen and trying to size him up. Same thing applies to Trump. They say a lot of things I think are BS, but I feel like they're not somehow they're not lying. So that's that's where I'm stuck at kind of like a weird transitional so, space. I, I can see that. So maybe they're gatekeeped the full truth. And so uh, they're they're just reacting on what information that they're given, even though we know more way more than they do, which shouldn't be possible, especially for Elon Musk. Like Elon Musk should know way more than you and I know. Maybe he does. And that's almost a scary thought right there. Why? Because we'd be wrong or embarrassed? No, maybe he does. And because uh, I, I just don't know what his intentions are. You know, like, oh, okay. I, feel I, like you mean, yeah. I, I feel like uh, they are moving towards a one world government and it's almost inevitable. But I also feel like we have people that have a lot of money that are like, hang on, who's getting the top spot? Like, I'm not I'm not going down without a fight. Like, I want the top spot. So I feel like there's a lot of infighting going on right now. I feel like it should just be a be an AI with an open source code. I'd almost rather that than a person because a person you can't look at the source code. You know, can't tell if they're lying or not. Oh, that's never going to happen, bro. Like uh, it, it, it's it well, it's would, like Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. They put the, the supercomputer in charge of everything. I mean, that would be amazing. And I almost feel like the people I, I'm not going to call them elites anymore, but the parasites, I, I really feel like they they do use AI. I mean, we, we talk about the black cube and stuff like that. I think that there is something like the black cube. I think that that could be a, a possible real thing. I feel like uh, Project yeah. Looking Glass isn't, isn't necessarily bullshit. I think that there's something there, you know? And so I, I, I truly feel like these reptilian uh, parasites use and rely on ai for their next move well i mean we know that there's a dmt realm with like clockwork elves and sprites and different kind of spirits in there and jesters and whatever i mean i don't know if we really know that but there's a, enough evidence scientific evidence that suggests that is in case going on there's government studies with psychonauts and suspended dmt states and stuff like that so that stuff is really going on there are muses archons demons sprites fairies angels there's something going on beyond our five senses that's interactive. It knows what's going on with us, but we don't know what's going on with it or what its intentions or the relationship are, or if they even think in those terms. But um, so, yeah, there is unseen stuff going on. It's just really hard to gather good information on it um, unless you do a lot of DMT, I guess. I haven't done any yet. But um, so I understand what you mean when you see when you say evil reptilians, because it's like we are interacting with things we don't understand. We can only project onto them uh, the kinds of motivations that we recognize in ourselves, which are either benign or malevolent. You know what I mean? But it could be a, a third thing where they where they consider us to be like a toaster. You know what I mean? Like where they, you know, humor our existence, but don't even really consider us. I mean, we, there's just no way to know what they think about us. So when when you say evil reptilians and stuff like that, there are outside influences that we can't name or understand that are affecting things. What makes drives me crazy is when people start having specific information about them like they know their name and their plan and there's five specific demons that are in germany right now and like people just come with like how how could you think you have details on this like even if you do dmt all day you're gonna have like almost nothing you know like dream fragments 
and like people think they know the names of the entities or where they are and contracts and deals and alliances and stuff. It's like, you're going into like creative writing mode, you know, not you, but everybody. It's a, it's a huge temptation. It's fun to do. It's like a mental exercise. No, it is. It's, and it's all speculation again. And people... let's get more information on it. Like, I hope they continue to study this and, and God bless people like Joe Rogan for bringing it to the, um, uh, to everyone's mind so now everyone is like oh apparently serious people are telling me there's like dmt realms <laughs> with other beings in them that's kind of like becoming like common knowledge so it's like that's going to change the way we perceive the world you know so with uh the mk ultra studies and how they use psychedelics and everything uh there's a lot of people out there saying that the whole push for dmt and the fact that joe rogan is talking about it because uh joe rogan in a lot of people's eyes wouldn't be able to speak on the, the big of, of a platform that he speaks on unless he was toting the line in some way, shape or form. And they're saying that this whole DMT thing is just a carry on of MK ultra. Have you heard anything about this? Or do you have an opinion about it? Um, I've never really thought about, I know everything about MK ultra and acid and the Mansons and all their, the, the, um, the acid test and all that stuff. But I haven't really thought of it in connection. I've heard Alex Jones say that DMT is, you know, demons are accessing your hardware and stuff, and it's you don't want to do it. I don't think that's true. Um, I like Joe Rogan's take on it. Huh? I want to try it. I, I want to try it. I want to try it, too. I totally want to try it. I'm down to try it. Um, you know, I'm down to try it more than once. I, I'm just very scared. I'm very. It's very scary because they say it's like the feeling you feel when you die. So, like. I guess I'm just a scaredy cat, but I don't want to feel the feeling of death <laughs> to achieve this trip. You know, I don't even like the feeling when mushrooms kick in and you get scared. So it's like, imagine what that would feel like. But I hopefully I work up the courage to try it, you know. Well, I'm super attracted to the idea of going into a psychedelic experience um, where I have to face things that I'm not willing to face on a day to day basis to yeah. where I'm forced to face those things to where I can move on from them and become a better person. So I'm willing to go uh, sacrifice that experience and just go through the worst experience ever in order to come out of, uh, in order to come out of it, a better person. That sounds like Ibogaine, that thing that makes you trip and puke. That's for exactly what I'm fucking talking about. Actually, that is exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. I mean, I'm a scaredy cat. You know, I, I wish I could, I wish I could tell you I'm going to go do it, but um, it sounds like a bad time. I'm going to try it. Uh, so I'm talking to cosmic. Uh, uh, well, her name is Amanda Ray. She's the cosmic soul guide. And uh, she teaches people how to overcome addiction through psychedelics. And uh, she stands by Abigail. She's done it twice. She just got back from another trip. And I'm like, I really want to do this. But, you know, it's like thousands of dollars to go to Mexico. Ooh. It's not it's not legal here in the United States. You have to go to Mexico and do it. You know, and I want to make sure that I do it right. So I'm going to pay the good money to do it. Um, so it's not in the cards like I'm not doing it tomorrow, but it's definitely in the in the perception for the future. Cool, man. I mean, that's great. So uh, before we jump off here, brother, man, it was so great talking to you and catching catching up, man. Like I said, I've always been a huge fan of your music, your show and just your mind, because you are one of the people that has taught me that it is okay to believe in something and then get new information and be able to use that information to change the way that you think about something. So I want to thank you for that. And then uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can go find your music? What's coming up for VBDC? What can we expect from you? Absolutely. Thanks again for having me on. I love talking about, you know, the more left field, the better. So this is, I, I could go on for hours and hours. So have me back anytime. <laughs> but, uh, we'll check have you back, brother. 
check out my link tree. Um, it's uh, VBDC, link tree slash VBDC. Um, you can find me uh, directly on YouTube as VBDC. Uh, my music's all under Venice Beach Dub Club, Spotify, Apple, iTunes. New album coming this summer. I'll be begging people to pre-order it uh, coming soon. Also, I've got the merchandise store if you want to get any truther gear for the summer or VBDC album art on a shirt, anything like that. And I've also got my pro wrestling podcast, which is just pure fun and silliness, and that's called Rocket Buster wrestling and you can find that at rockabuster.wrestling also on instagram that's awesome guys and if you guys want to go ahead and scroll down not if you want to just go ahead and scroll down and check out all these links that i got here for my boy seth he's a good friend and everything that he puts out is fire so go ahead and check it out and you might just find a new reggae band that is your favorite so thank you brother keep up the good work the show looks great Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And we're definitely going to have you on soon again. And for everybody listening, thank you for listening. And you guys know what time it is. Keep digging down those rabbit holes. Quite the performance, Mr. Hobson. You've won over. I would never bend my knee to Satan. I would never sell myself for no paper. You can go ahead and call me a hater, but I'll go ahead and call you a traitor. Hey, Hollywood is getting canceled. I put God over financials. Just know that I never kill myself if they try to use me as a damn example. Hey, first Lil Nas, now Sam Smith. Satan coming for the damn kids. These rappers and singers are puppets. The second the label give them their advances, God is forgiven. We were all made in His image. That's why He told me to remix this. Every nation demoralization while we celebrating when people are sinning. Don't care if you trans. Nah, oh you a man who in love with a man But if you're gonna cover your nipples with tassels And leave the kids alone and just do OnlyFans I just can't stand all the lies of the media pushing These kids, they ain't standing a chance Hollywood pushes agendas with all of these artists I swear that they industry's plans All of these fallacies that they preaching this way That there's no more objective reality Go ahead, laugh at me But I think that you worship and saying is more of a tragedy They sold out our nation for more dough That's why I don't watch award shows Celebrity puppets, we're living in luxury All of our business will force close Allah Jehovah Hashem Yahweh, you can call him whatever you do, but worshiping Satan with the purpose of angering God, well, that's just gonna make you a fool.